Good. Good. So what'd you do uh, for Veterans Day, Scott? Uh, took my kid to Chick-fil-A. Did you get free food or no? I got my standard military discount. Though. Oh, well, that's that's better than nothing. Everything's better than nothing. Wait, no, that's not true. Yeah, no, I had a good day. Yeah, I went to a parent-teacher thing at school. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It's great. Stayed busy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got some listener questions and a little bit of news today. Oh, we should do a podcast. Let's do one. Let's do it. What do you got first for us today, Martin? Um, Hera Arms is coming out with some windowed mags. I almost said P-Mags because it's whenever you say windowed is mags. Is Hera not one of the ones that got sued by P-Mag before? Uh, are they not one of the ones? I don't remember. possible, but I don't think that they are one of the ones that got sued. Who did they sue? Yeah, well, whatever. Anyways. These, but these Hera's mags, had a windowed mag for a while, right? Yeah, and these mags look significantly different. They actually kind of look yeah, futuristic. The windows in the back instead of the the side. Yeah, it's so in it the only back has and one it's, window. It's much larger to too. wrap around. It's like a bay window for your magazine. Right. I mean, if if you're kind of nerdy, then it's definitely a Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek. I didn't see that. That's a good point. It's kind of cockpit esque. Yeah, I guess if you put it that way. Kind of one of their search vessels that they send off to the planet <laughs> with the people that are always going to die. Uh huh. It's like the red shirts. The red shirts. Yeah. The, it's the red shirt vehicle. So, uh, Hair Arms now has them in pretty colors. Is that yeah, the... they've got the flat dark earth, uh, OD green, and black. Okay. But I, I don't know. I, how do you how do you think this uh, magazine window or this window holds up to P mags? Um, it looks like there's a lot more information to be the quickly seen. The problem is, is the cost. Isn't the cost on these things well over what a windowed P mag runs? Uh, they they normally run twenty six twenty five, right? But they yeah. were on sale where I was looking. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, what's the street price? That's the well, they were going for about seventeen. Oh, so they're about uh, Six, not comparable. Yeah, 16, okay, sixteen fifty seventeen bucks. Yeah, these are uh, these are imported from Germany. Hera is a manufacturer in Germany, so they're imported from Germany. Which you know, so if you want to buy American or Coloradoan, I'm yeah. confused. Yeah, uh, then. Then you know, buy the P mags. But uh, yeah, if you got an AR-15, you might want to look at these. They're kind of cool looking. Yeah, I dig them. They uh, they work with all the AR platforms as well as HK416, SA, ADA2s, FN Mark 16, Scar 16s, uh, Beretta ARX160s. Well, there you go. So it AR mag. Yeah, cool. Pretty much. Um, and I think. You know, when when you're looking at these, the only thing that they really take from the P mags is kind of that f- the front top. Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks P ish. Other than that, the, they don't really look where like where the ribs them. are. Kind yeah, of, sort of. yeah. Now, so now we've got Hera right coming from Germany. We got HK coming from Germany. What's with the German AR magazines? You know what I mean? Uh, the Germans embrace the well, HK did anyways. Hera Arms makes AR-15s. And then HK embraced the AR-15 platform also with the 416 and what do they sell here is the MR-556. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, is that just a – are we Americanizing uh, the weapons world or is everybody going to switch to – you know? Think about the market. I mean we've given away so many AR-15s. There's market not only in America but in tons of other countries. Yeah. And I, can see that. I think that's part of the market that they're trying to hit. 
But I do want to talk about the window on them because the okay. window is significantly larger than the the P mag. Sure. And I think that for quicker acquisition, looking at these magazines, you uh-huh. can actually get you can get a feel for how much ammo you have more oh, quickly. Plus, if you're behind the gun, right? Let's 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 get let's get real into this. If you're behind the gun, right? You're shooting the gun. When you look down to check, you don't have to turn as sideways, right? Because the window's right. in the back and it's wraparound. You could do le- like probably less than a 45-degree yeah, turn to look sure. at it to check. Yeah, probably quicker check. That'd be interesting to test out whether or not you uh, you need to turn the gun less to check it you know, for ammos uh, with the hair mag versus the P-mag. Anyways, uh, I suggest we all check that out uh, Hey, if anybody gives them a try, if anybody's tried the hair mag, uh, drop us a line on our Facebook, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast, or you know, go to the gunshowpodcast.com website, or send us an email, gunshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think of the hair mags. Yeah, we need, to, we need to contact them and see if we can't get a few of those in for Hey, yeah, and if you work with testing. Hera or the importer or whoever's bringing these to us here in America, uh, yeah, let us know. We'd love to test them out and see how they function um so speaking of something that's already been done like the plastic magazines uh wilson combat is finally getting into the forged ar lowers yeah wilson combat has been doing the ar stuff kind of slowly and differently they they've been you know they've been building an ar for a while uh but they came up with their own caliber uh, it's some weird. No, I can't remember it. Some Wilson Tactical Caliber. They came up with their own type of trigger. If you'll remember the Wilson Tactical Trigger, we talked about that. I believe. No, tell me, tell us a little bit. That was Remind the us. that was the one they tested. Uh, I forget how many times they they tested the trigger fall on it, mm-hmm. um, and published that testing numbers to show how rugged it was. Basically uh, saying that it always struck with the same amount of energy. Yeah, it's for a good. Yeah, in other words, you know, it's a rugged trigger, even though it cost a fortune. Because uh, I, 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 from what I remember, the street price on that thing was expensive, and now they've uh, developed a lower. It looks like for their. I assume they're going to use this lower on their guns. Yeah, um, it's a forged lower with, of course, the enhanced trigger guard built into it. That's becoming real popular. The uh, including the trigger guard in the lower bit as opposed to a separate item. And I was a bit surprised. We're looking at almost a two hundred and forty dollar price tag on it. No, that didn't surprise me at all. Come from Wilson, their uh, stuff no, is but, expensive. But with everything that's out there this yeah. day and age, why would I? Why would I do that unless I'm just paying for the name? You're paying for the name. Yeah, yeah. It's a good design. It looks. I mean, good. if I wanted to color fill their cool looking logo then that'd, I'd be, that'd look good I'd be good, look good. Go. yeah you got some testers paint we could diff- get different colors make it look good well they're coming out their their press release said our superb forged lower ar receivers are cnc machined to tighter than mil spec tolerances with critical contact points being held at plus or minus point zero 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 five and are and are an ideal base for your next custom ar build well, maybe that's the market they're aiming at, right? The custom AR-15 market. Yeah. And, you know, people don't mind spending a little money for quality stuff when it comes to the ARs. Um, yeah, and their trigger guard, you know, of course, is it's just it's just swooped a little bit lower so that you can fire it with or without gloves. And they also said that their design strengthens the receiver um, over a traditional lower since it's all one piece. Well, yes. Have you seen a lot of lowers crack at that point nope. right down the middle? I don't think it would I mean, be. I don't think that's a critical strengthening area uh, per se. Um, you know, 
Especially since the plastic ones that don't have that critical strengthening area uh, don't seem to break there, anywhere near there. I like it where they say it will accept all mil-spec parts. But how many mil-spec parts have you got that were <laughs> really in spec? Well, to that tolerance, none, right? Because right. the mil-spec isn't held to that tolerance. But so well, Which is good because – The only thing that's going to work is maybe Wilson Combat. That's nah, where they're going to get you. Nah. You can only use their – Now, if they just hold it to tighter tolerance in the mil-spec, that means all the mil-spec stuff will fit. Um, so yeah, your standard lower parts kit will go in great. You know, you might have some trouble with some of the off-brand hobby stuff. Uh, and uppers should fit great on that. Um, you know, especially if they say they hold the tolerances. Uh, so we should see a, uh, should be a good deal, especially if they haven't done anything, you know, hinky with the magwell, so it won't take PMAGs or anything like that. Yeah. You know, speaking of, I, I, I put together an AR lower the other day uh-huh. and you know, that front takedown pin, it's kind of the pain you yes. always had to. I did it with no tools. No tools. Well, no just tools. the one. Besides me. <laughs> I did it with no tools. What, how did you other push the, it in Other there? than the, you know, the hands and the tin fingers how that God gave me. How did you push the, the pin in there? With your finger? No. I turned it sideways. I, I pressed – I put the pin on the spring and then I actually used the uh, takedown pin to push it and then turned it. Wow. And put it in there. That's impressive. I'm surprised you didn't pick that up on the other side of the room. I Well, I did it against a wall just in case. <laughs> oh, but, okay. There you but, go. yeah, I never lost. It was, it was on the first try. That's impressive. I was yeah. I was pretty proud. I think the first time I put that pin in uh, took me about an hour, <laughs> and I probably lost it twice. I think you and I, you know, we, we did the the system where we used a large hex wrench. Yeah, that, that seemed to be size. easy. That made but it easy. This yeah. actually seemed to make it was very easy to do that, it. That way. sounds like it was easier. Yes, I might have to try that next so, time. It's even though I bought the tool. <laughs> what tool? There's a there's a front detent installation tool. You didn't know that? No. It's just a dowel with a hole drilled in it. Ah. So you stick it in there, then you stick the spring and the detent through, and you turn it, and then you like we use the hex wrench now. You'd pull it out as you push the de- the pin back in. Oh, come on, man. It's great. It's, it was $6, it's for goodness sake. six sense. bucks. Yeah, I've used it on 18 builds. It's, it's paid itself off. God, I wish I could. I, you know what? I need to go to China and get one made for, you know, 350 For 350 yeah. so you can think you got a bargain. And that, But I'll only pay $0.05 cents for them, but <laughs> I'm sorry to charge you 350 And then It'll plus the shipping steel. and handling. Right, that'll you know, be another dollars ninety nine, and I'll give you another one for free if you pay for the shipping. You do handling. USPS uh, shipping, you know, flat rate yes, five dollars. It's cheaper. It's cost me five dollars, but right. it's going to cost you eleven fifty to right. get it. Yeah, that's fair. That's how that works. Yeah, well, that's how we make money with our uh, DVDs. All of our DVDs <laughs> that we sell. Yep. <laughs> Which what was the last one that we released, Scott? I think it was uh, Martin uh, builds an AR, wasn't it? Something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, something like that. It was really popular with the military crowd. It was real popular with the mil-spec operator crowd. <laughs> yeah. I seem to get a lot That might of... have been Martin Answers the Phone. <laughs> Can't remember. It was one of those. It was one of those in the series. The airsofters loved it. That's all I know. <laughs> Milsim. Milsim. Yeah, Milsims. Um, all right. Well, we do have a few questions here. Uh, first... Sweet. Are they from listeners? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? What? On my way to work this morning. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. I, no. Had, I had this this person drove past <laughs> me, and they were glaring at me. Did they have their hand up? No. Oh. But what I'm thinking is that they were they, they were, were thinking, that's that's that guy from the Gun Show podcast. 
Why would they glare at you for that? Because they thought I was you with what? the with the eighty thousand and eight hundred thousand incorrect math that yeah. you tried to do. The you, t- Someone's glaring at your horrible driving, and you immediately blame it on my math. I like that about you. Yeah, I have to do what I have to do. All right, so our first question comes from Matt. Hey, Matt, mad cushy props and virtual high five. All right. Um, he says we're still doing a great job. Thanks for that, Matt. We really yes. appreciate that. Thank you for noticing. And you are already on our Facebook.com slash gun show podcast. That's how you sent us this message. So we want everyone else listening. Did you just tell Matt how he sent us his message? I'm telling everyone else how Matt sent his message. Oh, okay. I want everyone else to go to our Facebook.com slash gun show podcast and like us so that you can send us messages too. All right. So he says, um, I know you like my lengthy messages. So strap in. Um, wait. Oh, strap in. Strap in. Got it. Yep. I have a question, and I'm also looking for advice. I currently carry a Taurus 85 poly protector, uh, but want to upgrade to a Glock for a speedier reload. I agree with you. I think that's a great idea. Um, Dependability and a couple more rounds. He says ridiculous NYS seven rounds. So that's that's the New York Safe Act, right? Right, yes. Yes. New York State NYS, yeah. Okay. Um, my problem is I'm nervous about the Glock just having the trigger safety and carrying it in public. Um, am I being irrational, paranoid, irrationally paranoid, or is there a good gun of similar ilk that you guys could recommend that has a better safety, possibly a grip safety, or and or manual safety? Well, if you don't like the the fact that the Glock doesn't have a manual safety, MMP, MMP nine C or forty C or which, whichever one you prefer. Uh, is a great gun that has the option of having a manual safety. Now, that being said, I don't have any trouble with guns without a manual safety. Well, let's talk, well, let's talk about the Glock 19, since that's sure. kind of it's my favorite gun. Um, and I think that it's been your favorite or one of your favorite guns. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. One of the misconceptions that comes around with the Glock 19s, the hammer is not always cocked. You actually, or the the, the striker, right. you're actually cocking the striker, pulling it back as you pull the trigger, and yeah. a lot of partially. people don't don't realize that. Yeah, yes. partially. Yes, but there are some designs that use that Glock striker fire design that is have a fully cocked striker when the gun is at rest, and you know maybe you should feel more nervous about such things. But what Glock says is, and this might be propaganda. That where the Glock striker sits, if it were to slip somehow, which it really can't, and if it were to bypass the firing pin safety, which it really can't, (laughs) then it still wouldn't have enough energy, probably, to set off a round. There are three or there's three mechanical safeties. Yeah, it it would take two more safeties to fail. Right. Then and on top of the striker failing at some point. Yeah, your trigger safety would have to fail. Your firing uh, – the striker block would have to fail. And then there's another one. The firing pin safety would have to fail. Your trigger safety would have to fail. And the the actual trigger itself would have to fail or the striker itself at right. some point. So really it's impossible. The only way to make a Glock go bang is to pull the trigger. Now, that being said, there have been cases of people sticking things where the trigger on the trigger where the finger goes that weren't fingers and the gun going off. There's definitely been documented cases of that. But 99% of the time, somebody puts their finger on the trigger and the gun goes bang. One of, we saw one where a guy was reholstering his firearm and his leather holster was – Yeah, he had a worn-out leather worn out. holster and his little snappy dealy 
got something. where the finger goes and that made it go bang. And yeah. that can happen. But that could happen with a go with a safety. That could happen as you're shoving a 1911 <laughs> yeah. in there because you've sure. already got all your safety. You know, yeah, if, safety, you, if, you, if, you, if you take the safety out. Anything so anyways, could be a perfect storm. Yes, exactly. Lots of people have fire. ADs with lots of guns. That being said, uh, no, I don't feel unsafe at all. With a, it, there is definitely a very deliberate trigger pull required on a Glock. Now, it's not you know, it's not to the tune of your 85 poly protector, but it is definitely a, a deliberate trigger pull required to make that Glock go bang. So I would, I would feel, I, you know, I've carried one, you know, extensively. I've carried a 17 extensively. I've carried a 19 extensively. You know, um, I carry a car uh, almost every day now, and it does not have a, you know, manual safety. It has a longer, you know, trigger pull than the Glock, but not much. So to fit right into the same category like we talked about earlier, the, the Smith & Wesson M&P series. Sure. Now, one of the things that you can do with the Smith & Wesson M&P series is it, there are so many variations of the same gun out there. You can get it, um, let's just say 9mm, and we'll just stick with that. You can get it where it will fire without a magazine or with or only fires with a magazine in place. You can yep. get it where it's got a manual 1911-style safety yep. or not. Yep. Um, and you know what? If you if you want a heavier trigger pull for the liability concerns, uh, you can get the Massachusetts version, which has an even heavier trigger. So there's even that version of so it. There's there's about six. There's at least eight versions. You know, playing cookie cutter, mixing and matching, uh, sure. or playing Legos. I guess really that you could you could get with a Smith and Wesson M and P. I love the M and P series. I've never had a problem with it. I I actually love the way it fits in my hand. I just like nice a lot more. It's a very nice gun. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Uh, um, just to give some more options, though, I just thought of one, the Ruger SR9C. Yeah. If you're looking for a little gun, that's another one that has a manual safety. I don't like that manual safety as much. I don't like the grip. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the don't grip like as that. much, but that's personal preference. Maybe it'll be a perfect fit for you. Go check it out. Yeah, that pistol is not for me. So... Um, I think this day and age, almost any gun that you want to carry is going to have a lot of safeties built into it. You you actually just have to get over the fact of carrying some carrying one in the pipe. Sure, but you know I I, won't, I don't, don't want to fiddle with it. it. Well, don't fiddle yeah, with it. That's that's off. the big. Stop well, touching it. <laughs> not only don't don't finger fiddle with it, but but don't take it apart and start messing with things and and changing springs out because not only do you start messing with mechanics, but it may not go bang when you need it to go bang. Oh, uh, I see your point. Yes, definitely leave it uh, leave it as stock as possible. There's no need to mess with it. I'm just so tired of people picking up stuff and they change out uh, mainspring, you know, mainsprings, and they go, "Oh, well, it's light strike." Well, it wasn't light strike from the factory, but you changed so much inside of it. Now it's not setting off primers. Right. That's yeah. you. The the systems are usually, you know, like I said, I don't think you can buy a bad gun nowadays. I think you can buy a gun that's that's. Um, that's that's not compatible with you. You know what I mean. One you don't prefer, but I don't think you could buy a bad gun that's not going to go bang. You know, almost every time for sure. I, I mean, we're we're taking high points out of that thought process, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, really. High points go bang a lot too. They go There's, bang a lot. There but, are there is a section of the of well. The, let's say this: they go bang, but they don't strip the next round. There is a cross section <laughs> of the gun world. That swears by high points. There's yeah. a subset that just they love their high points, and you know, 
That's because they can buy four of them <laughs> the, the, for the price, the, of, the a price of an MMP. And maybe that's the only reason you need. To, I wouldn't lug one around personally. See, I heard with high points, you don't buy magazines for it. You just buy another buy gun another to get gun, the max. Get the max. <laughs> yeah, the um, but yeah, yeah, stick with a major brand. You know, stand outside of the the funky high points at Davis's and those sorts of Cobras and those sorts of things. And I think you'll be happy with what you get. It's kind of funny that I find um, some of the guns that are more expensive, I've had more problems with and not wanted to conceal carry than some of the cheaper guns like the Glock or the Smith & Wesson or uh, or you know the M&P. Well, it depends on the design. Some of the things that come out, I'm just really that's what weary I'm of the it's design. It's expensive. Yeah. But, but because of its design, it's expensive. Because there was a lot of hand fitting and sure. hand honing, yeah. it's expensive. Yes. And it doesn't run. Yes. You have to send it back for more hand honing. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, but like, but yeah, yeah. Check them out. Uh, let us know what you pick. Uh, let us know if you got any more questions for us. I hope we answered your question to your satisfaction. And uh, yeah, let us know what gun you end up with. All right. Well, uh, we got another. We got another, our last question today is going to be from Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Mad cushy props. Virtual high five. All right. He said, "How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good today." Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, a good day. yeah. Day's kind of going slow, but yeah, it's been a slow. Nice day. weather outside. It, it's much. It was cold yesterday. It's it was pretty warm today. It was cold yesterday. It's nice yep, today. Yep. Yep. It's almost uh, t-shirt and shorts weather with tennis shoes because your feet might get a little cold. Okay. Yeah. You don't own tennis shoes, do you? Are they are tennis shoes the same as running shoes? Sure. Yes. Okay. Then I have tennis shoes. Oh, you do have those. Mm. <laughs> PT shoes. Ah. Shoes I have to wear to PT. That's the reason I own them is because they make me. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't own you own the short shorts because you want to own the short shorts. Well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> is that's it? different? Yeah. My my jean shorts. <clears throat> yeah. My cutoffs. No. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? Well, the, the oh my s- nylon running shorts. Yeah, the nylon the running really shorts. Really short that ones that you trimmed yourself. Well, I, yeah, no, I hemmed them. Yeah, well, you yeah, didn't have yeah. a choice. You had to hem them. You said. <laughs> well, I didn't. You said have the airflow to. wasn't wasn't high enough. That's exactly yeah. what it was. I wouldn't get enough air to the uh, the parts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> what, where, what was the question? <laughs> Daniel's question, which is a good question about body armor. Uh, okay, he says, "Is it crossing the line?" Uh, is it crossing a crazy person line or something worth having for home defense for when, you know, it hits a fan and, or any other kind of moment along those lines? I think body armor could definitely be on the list of a prep item. Let's call it preparations, right? I could I could put it on the list, but it's way down the list, right? It's It's after, you know, food, water, shelter, you know, candles and spare generators and those sorts of things right okay let's take let's let's change the let's change the normal hitting the fan time and okay. let's let's talk about let's talk about there's a lot of noises coming from outside your house yeah and you're concerned about what's going on at that moment in time yeah i still i you know i have body armor okay and i still don't think i would think to put it on unless there was like shooting going on outside my house type thing. You know what I mean? Well, what if you if live, in the, if you live in the country and police are 20 minutes away? 
And you got I still a, you don't got think I'd put it on. A yeah. wife and two daughters to protect. Yeah, I still don't think I'd put it on before I went and go check the bump in the night thing. No. Well, I, I'm I'm talking more of a you you have a very strong feeling something's going on. It's not a bump in the night. It's a well, like what are the Chinese invading? What are we talking about here? No, you're not laying on the couch when a you know C-130 explodes over the top of your house and it happens to miss your house, <laughs> and then you run outside and you're like, oh, I wish I was Thor at this moment in time, but I'm not. I'm just a lonely civilian. <laughs> well, what uh, military? You know, what okay. was he a marine in that movie? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's My your soapbox. Story. I'm kicking it. Um, so anyway, I think let's just. You don't think it's worth having for? No, no, no. I definitely get some, but like I said, there's so many other priorities on the list. You know, training. I think that money would might better be spent on you know training. Now, say you're a good shooter. You feel really good about your your capability to defend yourself and your family and your home or what have you. So you don't think that the money would be better spent or you wouldn't get a good uh, return on your investment at this point for spending that money on firearms training, right? Well, let me talk. Well, maybe you lack some first aid training. Do you know how to apply a tourniquet? Do you know how to, you know, we're talking. You know what do you do with a sucking chest wound? Yes, exactly. Do you know how to supply a Daniel? Nasal... Daniel's argument is I have body armor on. I don't need. I won't have a sucking chest wound. <laughs> what if it's not your sucking chest wound, right? What do you you know? Do you know how to do a, a nasal pharyngeal tube? Do you know how to do a a chest needle? You know those sorts of things might be you know higher up on the priority list than body armor. Maybe not. You know, if you come across a smoking deal on some body armor, by all means. There's nothing wrong with taking it. Well, now, here's the issue. When when most people say body armor, now, I don't know if if, uh, if he's saying this, but if most people say body armor, they're talking about soft armor, stuff that stops handgun ammo and shotgun ammo, right? Will, soft armor will not stop rifle rounds. Okay. So if the, you know, the sh- does hit the fan, right, if the fecal matter hits the oscillating uh air mover, then you're probably going to be shot at with rifles. <laughs> yeah. Most so likely. having the body armor, you know, it's better than nothing, of course. Just like we say, a 25 is better than harsh language. But, you know, unless you're talking plates with backers or standalone plates that are capable of taking rifle rounds, then, you know, maybe body armor isn't a good investment. It's hard to tell what for sure he's talking about, but the link, uh, ar500armor.com, Ooh, has a lot of hard I'm still not plate ammo. sold. Yeah, ar500.com. Uh, plate armor, not plate ammo. What ar500.com does is they, they cut out, out of AR500 steel, which is normally what you make steel targets out of. Okay. They cut body armor plates out of. You know what I get told a lot at the yeah. shooting range? Don't shoot this target with your AR. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that stuff's heavy. It's got to be pretty thick to withstand up to you know steel core ammo, and a Mosin Gant might still poke through it, right? So if you're not getting ceramic... See, the AR-500 stuff, the, the problem I have with it is is not that it won't stop stuff. Cause it's it, heavy. It does a really good job. And it's not the weight because, yeah, it's heavy, but if it so works, So the two things that matter. you just mentioned, the weight and it not stopping just stuff saying, are not the problems you have. No. What problems do you have with it, Scott? Spall. There's something called spall. Now, when you shoot a steel plate with a rifle, the, the impact of the round uh, pretty much just disintegrates the round. <laughs> Okay. And little pieces of bullet go everywhere. Fragment, right. Fragment, and it pushes out a 360-degree radius. That's a little pretty puff when when you're visual, I hit the target. Uh And if if you're wearing a plate on your chest and the spall hits your chest, I mean the round hits your chest and the plate, 
the spall goes right into up your into your face. <laughs> and I've, I actually caught a steel penetrator yes. ricochet yes. the other day. Right? Okay. That was, so, that was painful. And there has been uh, just recently released a video I saw a long time ago. Uh, there was a, a Dallas uh, police officer that was yes. shot, and it bounced off his um, it hit his badge. Hit his badge, and the spall went up into yeah. his neck and killed him. Yeah, it splintered, and a part of the jacket yep. came off and actually That's exactly um, what I'm talking split about. his. What it was an artery yeah. in his in his neck. Yeah, basically he bled out very quickly. Yeah, very very quickly. So spall. Okay, now. If you go buy a steel plate that is made by a body armor manufacturer for body armor, it'll have some sort of spall cover on it. Uh, it looks like rhino lining. It's kind of similar to it. Okay. And that, or they'll have a Kevlar, uh, a thin sheet of Kevlar over the front of the steel, acting as a spall barrier. Also, kind of like a net to catch it. Basically, okay. yeah, to catch the fragmentation. So that's the problem I have with the AR five hundred steel plates. Um, they're a little heavy. Um, they're they're cheap as all get out, so they're definitely better than nothing. Like I said, anything's better than nothing. Um, so they're a little heavy. Uh, they're a little. Are they rated? No, they're not rated. Right? We don't know what for sure what they'll stop. We have what people say that'll stop, and they're not rated. They're not tested to you know. I wouldn't count them as body armor. Maybe as last ditch body armor. Is, okay. is that a better? Is that a better? You know, I wouldn't put those yeah. on to go on duty. It's like you've got your ceramic plates on. The cops have already shot at you, taken those plates out, and now it's time to replace them with the steel. That's, that's quite a fantasy, but yeah, sure, let's go with that. Well, one of the things I want to talk about that you didn't talk about is firing with body armor on uh-huh. is very different than shooting. Operating with body yeah, armor Yeah, operating on. with body armor shooting, on is very different. moving, just Getting walking. hung up on the wall. <laughs> Trying to climb over something like a fence right now that you could run up and jump over, you might not be able to do it with two think, chunks of AR five hundred. Think hanging about off it. if you carry your when you have your gun on your hip or you're at the shooting range, whatever. How many things do you bump that into? All of a sudden, now you have inches off the front of your chest and off the back of your chest. You're going to get hung up on stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's just one of the other but things. But training, to think about. training can mitigate that, I'll, right? But we but, were talking yeah. about saving money and the cost, and sure. there's so many other things that are more important. Yep. Well, now you spent the you know got ceramic plates. You spent six hundred dollars on all of that. Now you need to get the training in right. with or that. practice with it. yeah the sure, practice for sure. Like I said, that money might be better spent on some other things before you get to these AR five hundred steel plates. Now you know I wouldn't deride anybody who you know bought a couple three or sets of these and you know threw them in the closet for later, especially right. since it's as inexpensive as they are. You know, just in case that time comes when you don't have any armor and you do need some. Well, you were saying Dragon Scale was the best armor out there, weren't you? It's Dragon Skin, and no, I wasn't <laughs> saying that. <laughs> yeah, the Dragon Skin armor. No, Dragon Skin armor is not it's like terrible. what it's cracked up to be. It's not terrible. Well, it's just they not said that what... if you catch a round from any kind of an upward angle, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Yeah, oh, the problem with dragon skin. Okay, the negative aspects of dragon skin armor were and still are is that it weighs more than the comparable uh, traditional body armor of the same rating. Okay. Um, normally, when dragon skin talks about themselves, they, their marketing pushes the lightweightness, but the lightweightness is of the, like the level three stuff, whereas most of our say soldiers are issued level four stuff. Uh, they're e-sappy, 
plates. And the dragon skin is the the equivalent. They do make a dragon skin that's level four, but it's They also apparently heavier. make a level five. Though they made up level five, that's did what they? they? You haven't seen that? No, I missed I, I'm that. I'm 99% sure they came up with another oh, level. That's great. That, they just that made up their own level. Pushed that's it beautiful. even further. But it was all top secret. They couldn't release anything. <laughs> I could be mistaken. That could be their level four stuff, and I'm just yeah. getting it confused. But I, I just remember seeing yeah. that and going, wait, what? Now, the dragon skin is a good idea because it's it's basically flexible, hard body armor. And it takes right? multiple hits. Uh, well, the reason it's multiple hits is because the ceramic discs are in different disc, spots, but yeah. it's not really multi-hit because if you hit the same disc more than once, it's just like a ceramic plate at that point, right? right. So which I wouldn't call multi-hit. Which means it, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, when you take a hit with your ceramic plate, it shatters that plate and thus basically destroying its stopping capabilities yes. or greatly reducing it because or, or reducing it to a rate where it's not rated to stop right, anymore right you may have right. a you may have another round that strikes when your plate splits it's not always going to split the exact same way so you might have a larger chunk if it hits that larger chunk it may reduce the energy of that round and but may not stop it so it's kind of yeah so <sighs> Plates that are rated multi-hit are rate or don't have suffer from that, right? Ninety-nine percent of ceramic plates are just single-hit plates. So, so, anyways, back to the dragon skin. The positive aspects of dragon skin are it's flexible. It's much more comfortable to wear. It conforms to your body. It's more comfortable long term because you're not bolting a rigid piece of something to you, which is what you're doing when you put on body armor. Um, other than that, the dragon skin, no, not so much. Uh, you're really going to like Daniel, though. Daniel? Yeah, the guy who asked the question. Yeah, why? He's one of the guys who, uh, while driving, he listens to us while he's driving, and he's one of the people that gives the high fives back. All right. Give me another one, You Daniel. have to tell him that you're giving a virtual high five. Hey, Daniel. Another virtual high five. Yes. What? All right. So speaking of defending yourself against government... Um, or speaking of the government, the uh, feds uh. the feds went ahead and uh, did their own 3D printed guns. Yeah, I saw the videos of this. They evidently uh, got the 3D printed program off of uh, Pirate Four by Four, wherever it was. I want to know exactly where they got those schematics from because they stole them. Yeah, because of the government. That's what I was thinking. What do you mean where they got them from? It was in their NSA database. They didn't get them from anywhere. They had them. <laughs> well, they were just upset because the guy released them earlier than he was supposed to. They didn't know everybody was going to get them. Then they wouldn't have been as cool. So they had a few problems with it, apparently. The problem was they used the wrong plastic, right? Well, they used one of the plastics that was talked about, and then they ended up using another plastic. Okay. So Leave it to the federal government to F something up. Uh, the Yes, they used two different plastics. They oh, okay. used uh, this visi jet material v-i-s-i jet material right uh that blew up but the okay. abs material you know the plastic right uh withstand being shot in the test so basically your tax dollars went to do the same thing that the guys who put this out did already did yeah yeah and, but they videotaped it just like but the they guys. But they did it in slow motion, like but with oh, real slow mo cameras. They, they, oh, they used the taxpayer funded, expensive cameras to yes. do it. They you probably know rented them. I'm gonna feel so much better sending a check to Washington come January. 
No, no, I'm Are not. You? Really? No, I'm not going to feel good about it at all. Hey, go to luckily face, go to facebook.com/gunshowpodcast and tell us how you feel about Scott being happy about giving them the money. <laughs> that was it was, it was being facetious. Come on. I uh, couldn't tell. I was going to say that after I send the check off to pay the taxes for these morons to do things that have already been done and to fund studies about whether men like sex or not and other idiocy, then then I get to go to SHOT Show, though. So it won't be too bad. Yeah, you are going to SHOT Show. Yes. Which we're going to talk about here in one second. Because we are? I wanted to talk a little a bit more about the the plastic handguns. Uh, I didn't know about this until a little bit of research, uh-huh. but there's a apparently there's been a ban okay. on undetectable firearms. Right. Yes. That is going to expire on December. Yes. 9th. They put a sunset in the closet. I didn't realize there was a sunset in the closet. So I was this, talking with somebody December about. December So when you take one of these 3D handguns, you know what? I wonder if the ATF followed this policy or the ATF so they didn't have to. So when you print one of these 3D guns up out of plastic, <laughs> it'd be funny if you where have they printed to put a chunk they didn't of have metal. an FFL though. Oh, <laughs> that would be hilarious if they would have had to have taken that themselves would down. Would have been interesting. It no. would have been a standoff, and it would have building would have caught fire anyway. So <laughs> probably so, not. So okay. So what were you saying? You have to I was going to say in? yeah. So if you so if you actually downloaded this program and three D printed this you know firearm, what's the thing called? The Liberator. Liberator. Yes. Yeah, the Liberator. You would have to put a chunk of metal in it of some sort, of ferrous metal that's detectable. Because of the law, I think it's called the Undetectable Firearms Act or something ridiculous like that. Some, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't have the, I don't remember the yeah. exact name, but yeah, that's what it but is. But basically what happened with this law was somebody saw Die Hard 2. With the Glock? You remember Die Hard 2, Glock 7. Made of ceramic, undetectable by your metal detectors. You remember that? Yeah. People saw that movie and thought that guns were being made that were undetectable by... So basically, our legislators, the people we voted on to send to office, don't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So they made a law making undetectable firearms illegal. And now it's going to sunset many years later. Uh, because they put a sunset in it, which is weird. Maybe the NRA get a sunset put in it. I have no Who idea. knows? Maybe by this time they thought there'd be polymers advanced enough to make a gun that was undetectable, which obviously there is, or that there'd be detectors advanced enough to detect undetectable guns. No? But if they thought that there would be a polymer that was advanced enough to not be detective, then why did they put a sunset in it? Wait. Nah. I, for ruining my logic... So the 380 <laughs> bullets that were fired from the Liberator, they said that it uh, they penetrate significant or yes. sufficiently enough to go into some vital organs and even penetrate skulls. Oh, they shot it in a ballistic gelatin. Uh, they never showed that video, oh, but that would have been awesome. That's the word. Um, well, of course it would have been able. It's a 380. People get killed with 380 every day. Well, that's just see. This is what I'm talking about. The government spent money to see if a 380 fired from a Liberator was any different than a 380 fired from a Jennings, and it's not. Of course, it's not. Goodness gracious! You know what? It probably had a little bit less velocity because the uh, the barrel the barrel is very short. Doesn't have any rifling, and the yeah. barrel's short. It's very short. So, it's but about still, an inch barrel. You you if I showed you this gun and said, "Hey, you think this bullet will penetrate a person?" You wouldn't go, "Nah, bounce right off him." Well, speaking of guns. That break, yes. Supposedly Berettas, uh-huh. guns that are plastic, Glocks, uh-huh. and guns people don't want here. Uh-huh. IWI guns. Okay. Guatemala is buying IWI Glocks and Berettas. Nice segue. Very, very good way to tie it all together. <laughs> I like that. 
Yeah, uh, I was told the Guatemalans were buying uh, Beretta and Glock handguns and 9 mil, and yes. they were buying yes. the IWI rifles? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, good for them. It's hard to read because it's in another See, Guatemalese? Yeah. But it looks like they're buying uh, 142 Beretta pistols. That's it? That's not a lot. That's uh, what it looks like. I swear the Air Force just bought 5,000 of them, but 35,000 of them. Okay. Um, I don't really know how to read this. Why is this, this? a big deal? No, maybe, I was oh, reading no, no, the no, no, contract. No, hold on, hold on. Oh. Wait, I guess if I'm reading this right, by quarter three, maybe they're going to have 623 Berettas, 400. It's a nice Forget little. It. It's a nice little contract, but is it really news? Because they're spending three million seven hundred ninety-two thousand. We're talking three million bucks. We're talking a three million dollar contract. That's yeah. not that not that big. Beretta is the oldest manufacturer in the world. Glock is the most popular manufacturer in the world. You know, uh, is a $3 million contract news? I don't know. Yeah, kind of, sort of. For them, it is. Good for the, Gua- for the Guatemalans, it is. That's they're finally going to get decent pistols. That's a lot of money that they're spending for them. <laughs> I mean. Wait, is that dollars? No, yeah, it's $3,793,000. Okay. $3, Does that include the rifles? Because yeah. it seems like the rifles would be a lot more expensive. No, yeah. Really? I tried to take because I don't, I can't read this. Yes. I tried to take their numbers and then I uh-huh. put it into a currency uh, oh, calculator gosh. and yes. came out with, I I came out with a little bit different numbers in a lot of the other places, which I came out three million seven hundred ninety thousand dollars. But right, close enough. It, it, but it came out to like thirty million of their the, Guatemalan dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, Scott, you so had some speaking stuff of imported guns, the there's a mic stand there. There's a mic stand right here. I see it now. Speaking of imported guns, um, Legacy Firearms, who imports Hawa and Puma and Citadel, Citadel is going to import uh, a nine millimeter carbine. But it's going to be an M1 carbine. Uh, explain. You remember the you know the ubiquitous American uh, fighting rifle from World War II, the M1 carbine. Well, yes. And 30 carbine. Okay. Citadel uh, has been making a 22 long rifle version, and they've been importing it for a while now. And now they're going to import a nine millimeter version. Now the interesting thing about this nine millimeter version is it's going to be blowback, right? Which makes sense. Uh, similar to the 22, it's going to have the same outside dimensions as the 22. Um, it's going to be mostly metal. They said the bayonet lugs made of plastic, but but the but the interesting thing is, it takes Beretta 92 mags. What? Yes, that is pretty cool. It is gonna it's going to be an M1 carbine and nine millimeter that takes Beretta 92 mags. Now that. It's cool. It depends on the price point. Like yeah. we talked about with the Taurus carbine, which, by the way, I saw is selling now. But uh, it depends on the price point on this gun. But I might pick one up if it's cheap enough. You do have a plethora of, of Beretta 92 yeah. mags. I got what what kind of mags I got? I got Glock mags. I got Beretta 92 mags. Buy the ton, right? And, and AR, AR mags. I got AR mags coming out my <laughs> right? So if the gun... <laughs> So if the gun takes either Glock mag, like the Just Right carbine, which I'm very interested in, or this gun it takes a Beretta mag, like the very expensive Storm, which makes me not interested in it, or this gun, which takes Beretta mags, I'm going to be very interested in this gun. And I might just pick one up if it's at the right price point. 
I can imagine this gun coming in at, say, half the price point of the no, Just Right carbine. Okay, so first off, what gun is this again? It's the Citadel M1 carbine in 9mm. Okay, and what is the Just Right carbine? The Just Right carbine, uh, basically there's a company called uh, Just Right Carbine, or Just Right Arms, or something like that, that has the, uh, they came out with a 9mm and 40 and 45 caliber uh carbine that's basically it's an ar-15 uh they changed it up a little bit um the upper comes apart different than the you know an ar-15 does but basically they made an ar-15 that takes glock mags in 9 40 and uh 45 so and they priced it you know it's around on the street it's between 750 800 bucks and so you're thinking this other one might come in at yeah. half that price if it point? comes in at half that price point it'd be a smoking deal You'll for a nine millimeter carbine yeah yeah i still might get one of those just right carbines uh the 45 uh really does appeal to me all right well what about uh things that are starting to appeal to everybody that 300 blackout's starting to get really popular <laughs> Nice segue. So the AAC blog is uh, bragging, I guess. Uh, they showed a picture of Remington uh, 300 blackout ammo on the shelf at Academy. Huh? Oh. 300 blackout is now mainstream. We talked about this round when it first started getting popular. We said, you know, it holds a lot of appeal. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Well, Fast forward to to the end of 2013, basically, and I can't think of a manufacturer who doesn't make a 300 blackout. Maybe Mossberg doesn't make their make a 300 blackout yet, but that's about it. Um, so so everybody's chambering guns in this round, and now the round's okay, appearing so on the big box store shelves. What is a 300 blackout? What basically the 300 blackout offers you similar ballistics to 7.62 by 39. But what the 300 blackout is is the 223 round shortened a little bit and necked up to 30 caliber. So one of the things that makes this round very popular is the fact that people that reload are buying resizing dies and cutting their own cases. You, the 223 brass is everywhere, right? right? So if you reload, brass is just easy as all get out to get. But the most important thing about this round is it's an AR-15 round. Uh, and it uses standard AR-15 mags and bolts. That's why it's very popular. You could basically right, take your you switch your barrel. You, yeah, exactly. You basically take any 223 chambered firearm, uh, including machine guns. I've seen saws chambered at 300 blackout, and change out the barrel and to 300 blackout. And now you, that's all you need to do. And you got a 300 blackout gun. So uh, it's a very exciting round. Um, it was designed by AAC, which means it's an excellent subsonic round. And uh, Because AAC is a silencer, silencer company. company. right? Um, so it's an excellent subsonic round. It's got some great subsonic loanings. It's even got subsonic-specific bullets that are made to expand it at those uh, speeds. And it's a great supersonic round. Uh, it, you know, it's about a 7.60 by 39-ish, 30-30-ish ballistics out of your AR-15. So, you know, you're the, you have the capability of shooting a 110-grain, you know, uh, 30-caliber bullet out of your AR-15 as opposed to, say, a 77-grain is about as heavy as you could shoot I've out of the I've shot a lot of 300 blackout, and I love It's a nice little stuff. round. It's a great, fun gun. And now the ammunition is at the big box stores, which 
I don't know if the fans of 300 Blackout realize, though, that's a huge milestone. Yes, it if is. If you can buy that stuff at the Walmarts or the Academy, that's a big milestone. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's no longer uh, specialty internet or orders. Yeah. You've got the big box stores. Yep. Now, but this could also, the price of 300 Blackout isn't that low. Could no, we see no. this drive it up because now the big box nah. stores are trying to get their hands nah. on it too? Nah, it'll drive the price down. The, the more popular this round gets, the more people will chamber stuff in it, and the more, uh, the more we'll see the price drop. I mean, I've already seen this stuff for 12 bucks a box before the craziness in the Remington UMC brand. Yes. And, uh, you know, so it's not a bad price, really, especially if you talk about a 30 caliber round. No, it's not as cheap as 7.62 by 39 or even 223. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the near future we see cheap Russian steel case ammo on 300 blackout. Why not? I would buy it. So speaking of brown... A while back, we talked about HK was starting to put brown on some of their guns. They finally embraced the flat, dark earth fad, right? Yes, yes. Uh, They're about five years too late, but hey, welcome to the party, HK. Uh, Sources are saying Lipsy's now is carrying the HK-45 in flat, dark earth. So it's here. Uh, They're shipping. Uh, Yeah, HK-45 V1. Yeah, the the V1 variant, uh, which is the... Threaded barrel. It comes with oh, the threaded, threaded barrel. Oh, that's the threaded barrel version? Yeah. Okay. So it's Ellipses, which is the distributor well, it exclusive. it says they've introduced FTE models of the HK45 V1 along with the tactical variant with a threaded okay. barrel. So maybe the V1 doesn't have yeah. a threaded barrel. Okay. Well, anywho, flat dark earth HKs Regardless. are here, uh, which is kind of exciting that another company has uh, embraced the flat dark earth. So maybe we'll start seeing maybe, uh, I don't know, who doesn't have flat dark earth now? Does, uh, does XD do a flat dark earth? 45 or XD. You know what? I I I know they did a It's been a while one. since we've talked about XDs. Yeah, no no, I don't know. That, I don't, you know what? Know. That goes back to the question from earlier. He wanted a thumb safety. Well, they have or grip wanted safeties. a grip safety. Yeah, the XD does have a grip there safety. There you go. Um you might check out the XD subcompact. That's a nice cheap gun. Um and also the XDM. Yeah, Matt, if you're still listening. <laughs> hey, you know. welcome back, Matt. We missed you. <laughs> We hadn't talked about you in a minute, uh, but yeah, the XD, the XDMs, all yeah, the all XD of those and the guns. XDM, if the if they're offered, that's kind of the three the three guns in that family: yeah. the yeah. Glock, the Smith and Wesson, and the or the, the MMP and the no XD. I, I wouldn't really say the Ruger fits into that family as much as all know. three of the other ones. To me, the Ruger and the XD are about on par. I always recommend the Glock and the Smith and Wesson. Oh, I right recommend off the, the Glock bat. and Smith and Wesson first, but I and think, if you got the money, you could check out one of those HKs. Yeah, that HK. P2000SK, that's a nice little gun. We're talking yeah. expensive, though. It's probably twice the price of a Glock. So uh, if, if if your budget is a concern, but you might not want to look at it. But that makes you twice as good of a shooter. Twice as good. Yeah. And twice as good as a person, if you believe the HK fanboys on their forums. <laughs> you are a better human for having purchased this. Yes. you know, uh, And you can look down your nose at other gun owners now because you're an HK owner. And when you call customer service, they will look down their nose at you. (laughs) 